Welcome to the re-release project of the Keeping Things Alive podcast, which is the republication of episodes that were originally recorded and published between 2016 and 2020 out of Western New York. My name is Laura Evans. I'm a former environmental lawyer, planner, and nonprofit staffer. I also wrote a book called Silent Seasons, Chasing Sustainability Through the Law. The Keeping Things Alive podcast is here to explore the opportunities and challenges as we all live together on this beautiful, living, and interconnected planet Earth. Hello, today I'm excited to share my conversation with Vanessa Dwyer. Vanessa is a graduating senior at the University of Buffalo, and during her time at UB, she majored in environmental studies, she was elected president of the Environmental Network, and she founded the Fossil Free UB campaign in fall 2015, which still exists today and will continue even after she graduates. The main reason that I wanted to talk to Vanessa was about this Fossil Free UB campaign, because it's all about divestment. And that's kind of a strange word that I don't fully understand. But the main idea of it is that big universities, colleges, um, like the University of Buffalo, they get money through tuition and that kind of thing. But they do take a part of the money that they make and they invest it in the stock market and, you know, use they have investment portfolios. And that's a way that they make money make additional money. So the more they invest, hopefully the more they get back. And the University of Buffalo Foundation, which runs the UB endowment, um, like many college foundations and endowments, they invest in the fossil fuel industry. So there's, you know, the global energy economy and the U.S. energy economy that is, um, you can invest in fossil fuels and that perpetuates the problem and raises the um, level of um, intensity of climate change. And so it's been in the past number of years, a real strategy for um, helping to curb climate change and have it happen so quickly is that people are pulling out their money from the fossil fuel industry. I talk about this a little bit in my interview with Sister Eileen O'Connor, because she's another person that does that with the Sisters of Mercy and where they do their investments. They want to make sure they're not investing in something they don't believe in. And so Fossil Free UB, the students are saying, we don't want our university to be investing in an industry that is responsible for such devastation around the world. Um, It was great to sit down with Vanessa and hear her perspective on the politics of climate change. I really liked um, her insistence and real conviction that everyone has a responsibility to do something to help, whether it's pick up trash or devote your life to a cause. There's, you know, a scale and everyone can do something, no matter how small it it matters. Um, I really admired Vanessa's dedication to a cause bigger than herself. And I love that she took this initiative to create something new on her college campus. So I'm very excited to share with you, and please enjoy my conversation with Vanessa Dwyer. 
Hi, today I'm here with Vanessa Dwyer. Hi, Vanessa. Hi. So we're going to start right away. And my first question for you is, where did you grow up? I'm from Westchester County, New York, uh, which is just about an hour north of New York City. Okay. Yeah. Was it in like a small town, suburb, city? What's the it suburbs, like? The um, suburbs. Okay. Uh, 40 miles from New York City. So like as you go south, just it gets more dense. Mm. Um, but we had a you know, beautiful little park nearby and stuff. So very close to nature, too. Okay, and so we're we're gonna get a lot more into your environmental work. Um, when did that start? When you were growing up, or how did you evolve into caring about environmental issues? Yeah, it was definitely two main things. Um, my parents love nature, still do, um, but a lot learning from them. And then also like being outside most of my childhood, making like the mud and all that. Yeah, that was that was a huge thing for me. Are your do your parents have uh, nature like careers or are they related to that or is it hobbies just no, what gardening what are, gar- okay yeah mowing the lawn was a big <laughs> discussion yeah yeah for sure yeah. okay that's great um, and then how did you decide to major in environmental studies right going into college or was it a change for you no I had no idea what I wanted my major to be until. Um, I took intro to environmental studies with Professor Cortelli, amazing, absolutely amazing <laughs> class and professor. And when I found out that environmental studies was a possibility, I was blown away. And cool. I was immediately sold on it. And since then, it's been what year was that? Sophomore year. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, I, I actually was a bio major to start and I, because I did not know. And then I moved to natural resources. So, yeah, what, um, aspects of your environmental studies classes uh, interested you the most or what what pulled you in from that I'm that original class and what have you focused on with picking classes and I mean to me it's like connecting the I don't know the real world to me like the environment and politics and climate change to what I want my career to be right so kind of having that as an option was huge for me and still is huge yeah, what, what, like, name a class or two, like, what would, what's one from this semester? Um, I mean, like, environmental law I took last semester. Um, I really liked, because it, like, as, as much as, like, the law is the rule of right or wrong, like, we can see how sometimes it doesn't equate to what's right or wrong, or, like, what we believe is right or wrong. Mm-hmm. And just, like, having that connection to my own, I don't know, a mentality with that. That's cool. That's yeah. good seeing that. That's really good. Um, yeah, I uh, I loved learning about environmental policy and yeah, just being able to drive around and see how the laws affect like where things are built and how they're built and how much yeah. things cost. Um, yeah. Did you find that you were more interested in like the wilderness side or pollution? Where what what pulled you? the the politics side okay (laughs) um i love the nature side i just it doesn't sit right for me 100 percent um Mm -hmm. on the weekends and stuff yes but i think my mentality needs to be politics at least for now right yeah so um yeah we can go right into that how did how did your interest in activism start? Was it environmental activism from day one, or did you have a different activism project before? Just yeah. kind of curious about your origin stories here. I mean, I think it started off with like recognizing that I could do something like about something that I saw wrong in the world or something that I considered wrong, that I had the power to at least try and change it. 
was a huge, I don't know, mindset change for me from being just like accepting everything as it is versus acting on it to try and make things the way you wanted them to be. Yeah. So what's the problem that you first, that, that you're talking about here that you can do something about? I think it started with like seeing like litter on the ground and stuff like from a little kid, like my dad always be like, pick it up. And I would, even now I still go pick up like all this garbage around. Mm -hmm. Um, So it started with just being like, you see something that you don't like and that like you recognize as a human made problem and you like do something about it. You pick it up and, and then it translates to doing something, you know, with politics (laughs) a couple years later. (laughs) Yeah, no, I see that. And it is funny how it can scale. It's like the small amount to the trash that all the way up to like federal environmental law, international law. I mean, it it keeps ramping up. So um, that's, that's really cool. Um, Yeah. So can you tell us the story of your climate activism? This is where we can, you know, get into the origin stories of fossil free UB. Um, I know from talking to you earlier that you started off with the environmental network, but just kind of talk about how that came about and then fossil free UB. Yeah. Um, so sophomore year of college at UB, I got involved with the environmental network, which is a student club at UB. Um, And the current president at that time had an initiative to get rid of styrofoam in the commons, which is a privately owned little, like a few restaurants and a small shops right on the UB North campus. um, So they would stop using styrofoam. So I did some work with that. And then I was like, oh, should I run for e-board? Like, this is a big risk. I'm scared. Mm -hmm. But I ran for it and I I got it. So I was president of Environmental Network for the fall. Mm -hmm. And in the first couple weeks of semester, I was, you know, talking. We had a great, great group, like 20, 30 students. And I was super excited. Yeah. And everyone in that room was excited to do something for the environment. And, you know, after a couple of like two weeks or so, we're like brainstorming ideas. Do we want to do some small, like smaller scale projects or like something big? Mm-hmm. And somebody suggested divestment. And at that point, I had almost never heard of it, like knew nothing about it. And I was like, oh, that sounds great. Went home and <laughs> did some research. And that's that's where it went. That's where it started. Okay. So, yeah. Can you explain what divestment is and then use a uh, the context of the University of Buffalo Foundation, I think, because that's what Fossil Free UB is working on. But, I mean, I am pretty new to the divestment game. I've talked about it with Sister Eileen O'Connor a little bit. Um, but, yeah, just what is divestment and um, endowments? How does this work with colleges? Yeah, so divestment, um, the way that I use it or we use it for Fossil Free UB is to financially – Use your investments in a way that has an impact in the way that you want. So divestment is the opposite of investment. You just withdraw your funds from something that you either, you know, politically or morally or see economically that it's not doing well. Um, And then you just reinvest it into something that you do support and do want to invest in. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's the financial divestment and then some people also do like a lifestyle divestment. Mm. Like they won't buy certain companies products or won't go, go to certain buildings or places because somebody owns that building that they don't like. Yeah. Things like that. That makes sense. So what, how does, uh, the University of Buffalo Foundation fund their endowment? Like what, what is an endowment? So it is the, an endowment is just like the f- I don't know, financial support of um, a university or 
yeah. big yeah institution i guess yeah that's what i see it as this big like investment portfolio that they invest in the economy the u.s kind of maybe international economy and yeah they have they hold investments in mm-hmm. fossil fuel companies so um yeah how does that um to me, I think it's really interesting how that endowment and University of Buffalo Foundation is investing in fossil fuels while the campus is trying to um, work on more sustainability initiatives. So mm-hmm. there is this like conflict between how the university you know invests money and then gets money to fund programs that are supporting sustainability. I, it it's just an interesting conflict. Yeah, to me. that's very true. Yeah. Um, so. How has Fossil Free UB been going? I know you have a resolution. Can you explain the resolution and who you've gotten to sign on, that kind of thing? Yeah, so the resolution, uh, we've been working on multiple resolutions for the past (laughs) academic year. Um, We have gotten a resolution passed with the undergraduate essay at UB, the Graduate Student Association, the Professional Staff Senate Executive Committee, which was just recently, and then they're bringing it to the general body in the fall to be mm. voted on and endorsing it there. Um, and then to the Faculty Senate Executive Committee also. And then tomorrow we're voting on it with the Faculty Senate general body. So cool. wish us luck. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Good luck. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry if you already said this, but what year did you start this? So how long have you been in working September on it? In September of 2015. Okay, yeah. great. So okay. two academic years. Yeah, and you're talking about voting in the fall, but you're a senior, so you're graduating. How are you dealing with creating this organization, communicating with the people currently, and now handing it off? Yeah, it's been a process. Um, I The core team that we have now only really formed a couple months ago in February. Mm. So before then, it was like not really a team at all. It was a few people here and then who would help or like who were involved a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so now having this team has been transformative for the campaign and for our success and for my mental health, definitely. <laughs> yeah. How many people are on your team? Six. And, okay. Yeah, six right now. And was it based on who was showing up to meetings or how did you? No. How did you find um, them? In the environmental network, we, you know, have meetings every week and someone showed up after um, like the third meeting of like her being there. She was like, oh, what about divestment? Like, are you guys doing anything here? Like, has you been divested? And I was like, you don't even know about the campaign. <laughs> so I met with her the next day and told her all about it. Um, and then she she wanted to get more involved. So then the next day I had her and the four other people meet in the library and we just we went at it. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's where the core team formed that next day. Right. Yeah. And this this resolution is, you know, um, it's just different paragraphs that are talking about getting the UB um, foundation divested from fossil fuels and then renewing and renewable energy. How did you find that language or where did you come up with that particular stuff? And you said there's yeah. multiple drafts. So yeah. how does that work? I mean, that was a learning curve too. Yeah. Um, Looking at other universities' resolutions, mm-hmm. um, I'm on like, like 10 different Facebook groups of like divestment campaigns. So just like reaching out to them and taking a look at what the content was of theirs, how well it did, if it didn't do well, 
and then taking what I thought were the best pieces of all those and combining them. Mm -hmm. um, and then once we had the core team, we revised the entire resolution and it is so much better now. Thank okay, God. good. Yeah. So now it is a little bit of background about climate change, about the timeline, the urgency of that, about how UB and its investments works a little bit um, and about like divestment globally and about with other SUNY campuses and stuff. Mm -hmm. And then list our four demands yeah. for divestment. Okay. So. That's great. Um, what has it been like? Uh, you said you're on the Facebook groups with these other college groups. Um, have you ever met in person? How, in what yeah. context? Um, we met with Syracuse University and ESF divestment campaign. Like I want to say like November 2015, I think. It was pretty soon after we started. And we went to Syracuse and saw Naomi Klein speak. Mm. And she gave us a little shout out. That was great. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. And we met with them. And we were in the you know very beginning stages of our campaign. And they did like research right there. And were like discovering things about UB that I had like no idea what to be looking for. Cool. Um, so yeah, reaching out to a few other SUNY campuses too. But it's every school has such a different situation because we have a very different endowment. Oh, okay. So that's a huge part of it. And how do you figure out what's in the endowment? I mean, you can, like the foundation has a website. I've been on that website forever. Oh, okay. Um, so it has a little bit about the investments and you can see over over like time a little bit how the investments have done, what other money they manage, things like that a little bit, so... Okay. What has your communication been like with the uh, foundation itself? Have you been in communication with them? Very briefly. Um, we haven't really reached out to them because we've been trying to build support. Yeah. So when we go to them, we have a very strong case and we have allies with us. Mm -hmm. So we've been working on that. Um, and it's, we'll probably continue working on that for as long as this campaign goes, because that's always necessary and helpful. So. Yeah, for sure. Do you plan on keeping in touch with people who are carrying it forward, or how does that yeah. work? Um, I mean, that's something I'm still kind of figuring out, mm -hmm. but I definitely want to stay in contact with it a little bit, just for my own mentality, you know? Yeah. Um, but I'm definitely taking a huge step back in making any decisions about it, you know, in the right. next week or so, so. Yeah, so you can keep it to a student group, and that makes yep. sense. But yeah, as an alumni, you'll still want you know yeah. your school's investments to do well and i see the future as being renewable energy so it makes sense um yeah. even from an economical prosperity standpoint of your own institution at least that's what i believe um but we'll see what happens um so what have been fossil free ub's major strategies for movement building um, have you been doing like meet and greets or rallies, social media? Yeah. How? What has been the the main? I mean, focus. Yeah, we've had a Facebook group um, since it's you know fall of 2015, mm -hmm. um, or a Facebook page. So that's been with some information on it and stuff like that. Um, this semester we've done some petitioning just around campus, and we have an online petition. Um, that was pretty helpful in getting students like recognizing like we have an orange X with fossil free B is mm. like our symbol. Yeah. Recognizing that being like, oh, you guys are fossil free B. And I'm like, oh, I can't believe you knew already. <laughs> yeah. The power of branding, I guess. Yeah. yeah that's really cool. It's working. Where did know. you um, come up with the X? 
It's it's the classic uh, divestment from fossil fuel symbol. Uh, the X and then I just had someone like make a the nice make it look good. Okay, so, nice, very good. Yeah, yeah. Photoshop friends are good. Yeah. To have. <laughs> yes, um, that's great. So, how do you explain the fossil free UB campaign to other students versus faculty versus other groups? Um, yeah. You, you don't have to exactly say, like, what you say to each one, but do you think about that, like, when you're presenting information? and Oh, definitely. Okay. So important. So what do you yeah. find resonating with students versus faculty? I mean, I think about, like, when I was first introduced to it and I was like, I don't even know what divestment, like, the word means, mm-hmm. let alone, like, the idea and, like, my university doing this. Mm-hmm. So with, like, students or younger people mm-hmm. um, or people who, like, are not environmentally, like, in the field, yeah, um, I would say something like, like, the investments of University of Buffalo, um, like, are in the fossil fuel industry. Yeah. And, like, they're financially supporting the fossil fuel industry. Mm-hmm. That's, like, in the most basic. Um, if I'm talking with someone who's, you know, an activist or, like, in the environmental field, um, I would be, like, like, we're trying to get, like, Fossil Free UB is trying to get uh, the University of Buffalo Foundation to divest from the fossil fuel industry and reinvest in renewable energy right yeah exactly that That makes sense cool yep okay that's great and then with um i'm sure that you've approached a fair number of people who don't either i don't know they're climate change deniers or maybe just don't have a lot of scientific background about it how do you explain the connection between the fossil fuel industry and climate change, and then also the timeline urgency aspect of it. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's kind of tough talking with people who are climate change deniers because this is very based heavily on the belief that you already accept that climate change is a reality. Yeah. Is that? So. Do you find that in students versus faculty? Or like, like is there an age aspect to that? I'm just, this I mean, is like yeah. the, my main interest right here. So, yeah. I mean, I've seen it in students, but probably because I've engaged with them like a lot more numbers versus mm. faculty. Okay. Um, but some faculty, I can't tell if that's why they like deny any conversation about fossil free UB, mm-hmm. but I have a feeling some that that's the reason why. Okay. But I you do like see it way. kind of amongst all different yeah, ages. Absolutely. Okay. That's, that's good to know. Yeah. Um, yeah. What, like, I know that, I mean, fossil fuel deniers or climate change deniers are pretty much a non-starter with conversations, but have you okay. been able to connect with those people or plant a seed of any kind? Sometimes. Um, I mean, this campaign is about like not financially supporting the fossil fuel industry because climate change is very time sensitive and because by the nature of their business, they are an influence to climate change. Mm-hmm. Um, but also it feeds into if you don't even believe in climate change, maybe you believe in transparency and you believe that, you know, the foundation of UB should be, you know, releasing information about their investments or what they're supporting or who their donors are. Mm-hmm. And then that might be why you support this campaign at all. Right. Something that like makes that. sense. Have you 
when there's like either I guess whenever you don't get a positive reaction, is it usually a negative reaction or are you just ignored? Like what's that kind of? And no, I wouldn't say ignored. Okay. Um, I would say there's a rare but occasional times where people are very against this at all. Um, there are times where people think we're going about this all wrong. Mm-hmm. And then there are times where some people think, I don't know, we're making up things that this is like isn't relevant at all to them maybe. So there's a whole variety of, okay. of responses here. And what? how do you... I don't know. What's your general approach to all of this? I mean, it's to try and understand the perspective that they're coming from. Mm-hmm. And if I can get a hint at that, then I can speak a little bit more to my side and trying to connect to them. I mean, but some people, like, you can never convince. Mm-hmm. So then you just move on. Right. And find people that you can. Yeah. So. What has been influential for you, like, was it that initial class or like, I don't know, where do you get your information? Uh, yeah, I guess um, what moves you the most about this issue? I mean, I think I've stuck with it through thick and thin um, because I recognize that I feel it is so wrong how much power the fossil fuel industry has over our government and our society. So that's like the overarching thing in my head constantly and has been for years. And how did you know that? Like, like where did you learn about that? Because I've yeah. learned about that too. And I think I learned about it in my classes and then in my work experiences kind of solidified that. But where did yeah. you find out? Um, honestly, I hate to say this, but not in my classes, maybe like a little bit, uh-huh. but barely at all. Um, personal research. I mean, like getting all the information I'm getting in my classes, in the news and reading and books like that, and then like backing up and seeing the bigger picture and seeing that they have a lot of unfair advantages, the subsidies they get, the way they pay politicians sometimes to then deny climate change in their political job yeah, blows me away. And mm-hmm. seeing that that exists and has existed and will probably continue to exist. Yeah. And then knowing how important acting on climate change is makes me really angry. Yeah, me too. Um, have you found a lot of, like, other students, um, you know, in the uh, environmental group or otherwise, like, friends, do they have a similar level of concern? Or how do you feel about who you've interacted with? Yeah. I mean, most people involved with this campaign definitely are concerned about climate change. That mm-hmm. is that is kind of a given. Um, but it for each individual, it comes down to, honestly, I would say like their time availability mm-hmm. versus how strongly they feel that this is like a proper way to address the bigger issue of climate change. Mm-hmm. If they don't feel that, yeah, then they're probably not going to be that involved. Are there other groups on campus that are taking different approaches or have you seen different approaches on other college campuses to addressing climate change? Yeah, like besides divestment, what's yeah. a major strategy? So this is kind of a like I don't know, a hot issue amongst like the conversation going on with uh, environmentally minded students. It's like how do we go about addressing climate change like in the place where I had a students at this university? And the way I think about it is divestment is an institutional approach. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, a bottom up, but 
a way of taking the power away from the fossil fuel industry. And then there's the other aspect of like a more individual approach where you drive your car less, you get a reusable water bottle, you know, you try and individually not contribute to yeah, climate change. Yeah, it's like consumer driven. You're focusing yep. on what, yeah, people do. And yeah. both of those, well, both aspects of that institutional and, and individual are great ways to go about, you know, improving your life, improving issues with climate change. But I focus a little bit more on the institutional because um, to me it's it's bigger. Mm-hmm. So yeah, no, I I agree with you, and I also think that both of them are very important. And honestly, I was I was hoping that you would say that there are other approaches going on, not mm-hmm. because one's better than the other, but just because they're all needed. Like it's that critical that things need to be happening on all different levels. Absolutely. So, yeah, that's really good. Um, okay, so what have been you can answer whichever one first. I want to know the most rewarding aspects of the Fossil Free UB campaign and the most frustrating. So you can start with frustrating and go to rewarding or whichever. Go for it. <laughs> um, okay. So, I mean, rewarding has probably been for me, like maybe this is kind of selfish, but like my personal growth. Mm-hmm. Like w- having to recognize what commitment is with a two-year time commitment and when I decided to start divestment I committed to myself it would be until I graduated this university Mm -hmm. so it was a two-year time commitment and it was recognizing that I would follow through with it through thick and thin (laughs) and and I have almost yeah. Um, no, I would say you have. Yeah. You're here. So yeah, you're you're graduating this weekend, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's been rewarding to see how I've been challenged and challenged myself and then come through the other side. Um, it's been rewarding to see myself develop leadership skills and presentation skills and how I've had to cater to my audience, which is honestly, I think the most challenging thing <laughs> lately. Yeah. And like specifically connect with whoever you're speaking to, because if you don't, you're out the window. Right. Um, yeah. But the most frustrating, I don't know. There has, can be more than one. <laughs> there are many. Um, <laughs> yes. It might be... I mean, one of them, probably not the most, is that with faculty and administrators, one of the most common, and I'm talking about like out of like like 70% of the administrators and faculty we've spoken to, we get this response. It's like, you're doing a great job. Like student, act- this is so great. Student activism, like good for you. Proud to see this. And then, but you should wait 10 years and like try again in 10 years. What's the explanation for 10 years? That divestment will be a more like reasonable option. Like right now, it's just impossible. Okay. So I hear that and it's like, it's absolutely disheartening, even though I ignore them. Right. Um, It's sad to see that they're not willing to take any risk or get involved with this at all because they think it's a thing for the future. Right. Yeah. I I mean, so I I said that I I really did. I, I learned all about climate change. Um, and other environmental issues in my classes, but um, they were telling me that it was going to happen farther in the future. Like this was going to be a problem for my grandchildren. And um, I don't think that they, they weren't lying, but like that's where the science and the models were. And so as I've kept up with my own personal education, you know, it doesn't stop. And like, I'm still trying to like, keep up with the newest stuff. It's so much more urgent than when I was in school 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. And so um, I, 
yeah, it's interesting how a lot of those faculty say it's okay to wait 10 years, but yeah. maybe, I don't know, like, it's like, no, you have to keep up with, like, the basic, you know, edge of science. You don't yeah. have to go really deep into it, but have some idea. And this this particular area of science is really alarming. And so, uh, yeah, that is disheartening. Um, but I'm glad that you don't stop. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, yeah, I, I mean, I have found myself um, – feeling the urgency more and more as years go by, mm-hmm. um, for sure. Um, yeah, I've actually noticed, like, because I lived in Texas for so long. Well, I grew up in western New York. had a certain climate. I've said this before. Um, had a certain climate, and then I went to Texas for eight years, and I came back, and these past, you know, almost two years that I've been here, I keep – feeling like it's the climate of Texas, like more frequently. I mean, I guess I didn't know what that was like when I was younger, but um, there has been a noticeable change to me. Um, and I I feel like I have more proof as time goes on and the weather continues to be yeah. different than what I ever remember growing up. Um, okay, so do you want to name any other frustrations? I That's a good frustration. <laughs> I mean... I don't. I, that's probably that's a good one. Yeah, one of we the don't most consistent yeah. ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that that makes sense. Um, so yeah, you've you've been in it for the long haul. There's that's two years is a long project. Um, ups and downs. What has kept you going through the down parts? I mean, I so honestly, I. I used to, I tell my friends this now, um, or like my core team, whatever they're feeling like, this is just impossible. Like the, just, this is like too great of a task for us to try and actually achieve. Um, I go on YouTube and I forget the guy's name now, but I look up like why fossil fuels are good. And I watch like five minutes of videos on somebody arguing that we need fossil fuels to survive and we're all going to die if we switch to renewable energy and everything. <laughs> and I, I like get refreshed how messed up this is and how messed up you know it is that like the fossil fuel industry has so much power over our entire society and it's messed up the dialogue that we have about it and how we're not doing much about climate change and it is that messed up and then I'm like oh I gotta keep going (laughs) that's that's awesome very very good um cool so what are your current passions and near future path um what where will you go from here yeah um I mean as you said before I'm graduating in the next week so it's it's a lot of you know unanswered questions um I would like to continue doing environmental organizing for my career um maybe in a couple months or so I'll jump back into it yeah but I mean I also realized that like there's a lot I still don't know about even environmental organizing about environmental politics Mm -hmm. so I need to learn all that and then I can you know be a better a better organizer when I come back so yeah for sure um do you want to stick with climate change I mean yes because I I know so much about it because my major and you know my personal interest um I'm not closed off to anything else any social justice issue you know, as, as long as I do some more research about it. Yeah, I yeah, I um I understand that. I I was just curious. Um, 
I don't know, like the more that I dig into various things, I just keep finding more and more connections between them all. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, climate change, fossil fuels, then water, species. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just, you can, you really have to focus. Um, yeah. And so I think, yeah, and the fossil fuel industry is one aspect. There's the agriculture industry, there's transportation. And I don't like how... um I don't like how those causes seem to be at war with each other. Like, oh, no, you need to go vegan. Like, that's the most important thing. Like, that's more important than divesting. It's like, well, no, they're like both – they're both important. Like, you – but not one individual can embody all of those causes at the same time. And so – but at the same time, you don't want to be a silo and not speaking with everyone else. So I think that you're – I don't know. I'm excited about your work. I think it's awesome. And um, I'm excited for you. (laughs) So um, this actually gets me to some of my last questions. And that would be, where do you experience in yourself and or society a world that is dying and then a world that is being born in, in its place? Answer one at a time, however you want. So I see the world where it's being born. And I mean, this might be me just being like a young adult about to enter like the real world, quote, quote. Um, But I see the being born as, I don't know, maybe as millennials, but the young people. And since the election, I've actually like seen this, but like the normal average everyday, you know, person we see around um, now recognizes that there's like real problems in the world and that it affects them and it affects the people around them and that they should probably do something about it. And whether they, you know, get super involved with, you know, a local organization or something, who knows. Mm -hmm. But the fact that they're getting their perspective changed a little bit and recognizing that like everything's not fine and that they have a responsibility to act and try and make things a little bit better, that they are doing that. And that to me is really inspirational yeah me too i i agree with you and it does seem like across age groups and yeah i'm excited about that yeah i yeah that really makes me like feel feel the reward of doing this and like the connection to people even if i don't actually know them um Mm -hmm. at all but once i recognize that yeah and then for the second half of that question or the first half i guess either way um the seeing the death I mean, for me, this question kind of hits like connecting like this isn't just like environmental like work. This isn't only about climate change. And once you get the mindset of like it's not just about like the environment or like protecting species or like like preventing droughts or, you know, desertification or something, it's you know, climate justice. It's about how people are going to be affected, how our health is already being affected. And I think that when I start connecting like environmental issues to like other issues, like how our governments run, the power of certain industries over our government, things like that, it feels a lot bigger and a lot more challenging. And then when I go and I connect that further to like social justice issues like racism and sexism and gender roles and things that are like a lot more deeply ingrained in people, it gets really, really big. <laughs> and know. then it gets 
like for me sometimes like a little bit like this is going to be impossible like how can we ever actually like change one of the fundamental issues that seems like it's human nature yeah and that's where I struggle sometimes yeah yeah me too I I I get that um I guess for me, the way that I face that rabbit hole, which I think is important to face because it's it's real, mm-hmm. um, I try to start with myself, and that does it's frustrating and it takes forever. Um, but it's funny, like if I think of myself as setting an example, um, it does have an impact and people get back to me eventually and maybe not all of them do. And, you know, it doesn't happen all the time, but it happens in unexpected ways. And, um, I'm really grateful for that. So that's my, that's my way of facing, (laughs) facing that really insane web of connection. And, um, yeah, the, the people who are benefiting from, fossil fuel extraction and burning um are not the ones that are feeling the effects now and Mm -hmm. they won't be you know they're still farther down the line so it you know it requires people that are self-aware and like yeah able to see the bigger picture to uh to come together and devote their lives to working on these types of things so yeah i think it's awesome what you're doing and i'm really glad to have talked with you about it yeah thank you for having me you're welcome um is there anything else that you would like to say to the people listening any parting words yeah I mean I kind of said this a tiny bit before um but I think like the most critical thing I don't know you know like feeling like we're not helpless to like have to accept the things that we see that we don't like and that we think are wrong in the world is recognizing that we can do something about them even if it's something small or it could be, you know, joining an organization and working on something bigger for your local community that we like, we have the power to do something and recognizing that and putting that as a priority in our lives. If we can, that's what I encourage all of us to do. Well, thanks Vanessa. Yeah. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you so much for listening to the Keeping Things Alive podcast. My name is Laura Evans, and if you would like more information about me, this podcast, or other work that I care about, please visit www.keepingthingsalive.org.